You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We're going to jump right into our show and start with our grateful moment. Evan, I'm starting with you this week. What are you grateful for? I wanted to go last because I'm about to flambe the Knicks. I'm grateful that the Knicks realized that we that the Knicks are who we thought they were. I'm grateful that we realized that the Knicks are who we thought they were. But beyond that, I'm grateful because my children, um, my children um, were now in position to be vaccinated. So uh, they got vaccinated on Friday. Nice. So thankful for that. First of all, the, I mean, the Knicks are six and three. Six and three. So, yes. Oh, yeah. The Knicks, the downfall, the complete collapse. I, I mean, come on, man. They should be six and four. They got lucky because Milwaukee just sucked last um, Friday night. Yeah, but Milwaukee tends to do that from time to time. All right. Phil, what are you grateful for? Oh, team, what's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy a flip what spring back not spring back a fall back <laughs> yeah it's fall back because i'm t- i'm telling evans and the 76ers to fall back and calm down all right we beat the champs we're good the knicks is great calm down yeah you have first place but as soon as you're about to have that pacific floor excuse me you're about to fall excuse me fall 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 but i am grateful that uh, my birthday passed i had shout out texts video messages and a lot of friends from the past, throwback pictures. I appreciate all the birthday wishes. And I'm happy my daughter surprised me. She came home, surprised me. Um, really kind of caught me by surprise. I had a, a little feeling that she was going to come um, hang out, but she did. Um, but I'm glad it came through with my wife and then put it together. So she's here for the weekend. Um, and um, it, was, it was cool chilling with my oldest one. And my youngest one made the basketball team starting point guard at 5'6", which is weird. Five, six girls generally in middle school don't start as point guard. They generally start as centers or forward, but she's a starting point guard. So can't wait for our game starts tomorrow. Awesome. Awesome. Happy birthday again. Glad it was a good one. Um, And shout out to Callie. Future Ben Simmons. Huh? Future Ben Simmons of women basketball. Oh, gosh. She can shoot. She can shoot. She one game she 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 played a game with boys and she scored they was going by ones 18 points and she was cooking those boys 18 points going by ones it was a third equivalent to 36 I think 36 points so she could shoot she ain't no Ben Simmons she could shoot <laughs> Evan is the word generational talent he's a generational talent <laughs> Calvin what are you grateful for this week? What's up, everybody? Um, I'm definitely grateful for another day. I am grateful for um, humility, man. I, I, my boy Phil got a taste of humility this week. Um, last week, his mic. So I'm just thankful that his mic is down. But uh, on a serious note, um, I'm thankful to spend time with family. You know, it's been a, it's been a rough transition still um, with the pandemic and things going on. But now we starting to lock up with family and friends more and start doing the things that we used to do. So I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Awesome. And Alan, we're going to throw you in here today. What are you grateful for? 
I am grateful. I'm grateful for friends. Um, my homie's son, his it's his birthday today. He turned one. I call him Lil Pablo because he looked like a Pablo Escobar to me with a lot of <laughs> hair. But my mama told me I shouldn't call him that. So I'll tell Lil Junior happy birthday today. And he we're having a little party for him or whatever. In fairness, Pablo Escobar was a successful entrepreneur. Like it depends on what lens you you look at it from. So, you know, it's not all bad. Um, I am grateful for, well, listeners, as you know, I'm still campaigning um, for district court judge in Met County um, for 20, well, the elections are in 2022. I won't take the bench if, if successful until 2023. So I am grateful for getting through another week. It is a lot of stuff. I was telling my guys before the show started, I don't know how people run for national office, president, um, Senate, Congress. It, it, it's just too much. It's like, I'm not a politician, you know, I'm a lawyer. So I am grateful that, you know, I'm still navigating in that process and I'm still keeping sane. I'm not getting a lot of sleep, but I'll work that out. Um, and I am just grateful for life in general. I'm just so happy. I feel like I am the happiest I have been in my whole life. Um, and so I'm just really grateful, really, really grateful. All right, let us jump right into our NBA episode. And we are going to start with... Uh, organizational allegations of misconduct. Since we have started this podcast, I think we have marched through so many organizations, NFL, NBA. This is no different. The Phoenix Suns, apparently there is a report that will be released. Um, the last I read, it has not been released by ESPN as of yet. Um, but there are claims that the owner, Robert Sarver, um, is accused of committing acts of racism and sexism within the organization. Um, as I mentioned, the details are not yet known, but I want to um, bring up the quote Sarver said on Friday. He's like, he's shocked to learn about the allegations accusing him of sexism. Um, he said, while I can't begin to know how to respond to some of the vague suggestions made by mostly anonymous voices, I can certainly tell you that some of the claims I find completely repugnant to my nature and to the character of the Suns slash Mercury workplace. And I can tell you they never, ever happened. Okay. And then the Phoenix Suns basically released, well, the Mercury basically released some statements and says, we understand there's like some outlet about to publish your story, you know, documentary evidence in our possession and eyewitness accounts um, contradict the reporter's accusations. Okay, so they are vehemently denying. What's interesting is we don't know what these allegations are. Um, so, I mean, it's almost amazing that the Phoenix organization know exactly how they're going to respond to this. Like, they're like, yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, but it's unknown. Um, but I guess they have to put um, the best foot forward. My question to the guys is this now seems to be like 
a constant cycle of top-down misconduct when it comes to racism, right? And when it comes to, in a lot of allegations, sexism, sexual harassment, et cetera. What is going on with this? And it, what saddens me specifically is um, the allegations of racism. We're talking about teams that are predominantly Black. Is there a way to curb this behavior? Is this the old man's club where it's like, that's just the nature of things? Or is this just something we just have to live with and deal with it every other month when a story comes out? Well, I think critical race theory will tell you that racism in America is an endemic. You know, we're dealing with a global pandemic right now, but an endemic is like the influenza. It's, it's something that is perpetually with us. So um, these things are not abnormal. They're normal. It, the problem is that many people don't think they're actually racist. And so, you know, the things like, I mean, we're dealing with this on the heels of the removal of John Gruden. Hmm. We had this issue in 2016 with, um, 2015, I think, with um, Donald Sterling. Um, now you have the issue in Portland with the GM having a racially hostile environment. Um, until individuals are able to confront the fact that they themselves are racist, these things will continue to happen because one or two things are going to happen. Either they're going to learn to stop posting it on, 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 online. They're going to learn to stop sending it in, in traceable ways, or they're going to address their own inherent racism and acknowledge that they need to be better. It's not enough. Like, you know, we talked about this, right? I mean, because during the pandemic, when this, when this, when this podcast started, we were talking about these performative acts by the NFL to have, um, have the black national anthem sung at, at the one home game a year mm -hmm. it, it doesn't adjust racism you can say you're not racist doesn't mean you're not racist i can say i'm right. not racist. doesn't mean i'm not sexist so we live in a society that favors white males which means it disfavors blacks latinx people and women mm -hmm. and so um these two things go hand in hand uh with white colonialism um, a desire for, for, for male dominance and a desire for white control. Um, and so this stuff is not surprising. Um, there are multiple people in the league who have these issues. Um, and it's just a matter of time till it bubbles to the, to the top, really. Um, so if you're going to address it, it requires more than uh, a, 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 a two-day DE&I workshop. It requires more than having someone craft a personal statement. It requires true reflection and adjusting how you behave. Because let's think about it. I mean, and Stephen A. Smith talked about this on First Take um, on, on Friday, where he uh, said, well, he hires a Black GM and a Black coach. So can we say his behavior is racist? Now, we all know Stephen A. at times can be King Coon. Mm -hmm. um, but um, this is a deeper issue than just having a black face, having a black representative or having black players. 
uh, it requires there to be a change in mindset. But I personally, I really don't care about racism. To, to this way, I mean when I say that. I personally don't care about racism in the sense of, I don't care how you feel about me, just treat me equally, mm-hmm. pay me fairly. Um, and so I think Sarver is gonna give out slap on the wrist and it's not gonna go to the level of Donald Sterling, um, but it just is what it is with the league. Just, you know, we have to make sure there are policies in place that protect players, protect uh, minorities uh, in, in professional sports across, across and across all spectrum of society. Hmm. That is, oh, go ahead, Calvin. You probably have better, some better to say than I do. That's t- that's typically the case. Oh. I won't say that is right now. <laughs> Just playing with you, Bill. Um, me, I'm way more simplistic in my in my thought process than Evan is. Um, although the things that he said was true, um, we experienced these things in different in different aspects and definitely different around the uh, sports world, different organizations people in power um but I, i'm just i'm just kind of old school in the, in the way i think that i need the facts first um i also realize that we live in a culture that everything that somebody can do or something somebody can say um can seem inherently racist or sexist and i don't know if that's the case in every issue so I, i'm gonna always treat people like humans um uh, first um there's racism there is uh, sexism. There, there are all those things. But I, I want to see the case. I want to see the notes on this. I want to see if everything that he was accused of, if it's true. Um, I want to hear all the allegations. I want to see it play out before I just make my statement. I don't have enough information at this point um, to say yes. He need to be fought. He need to be taken out of his position of ownership. I don't, I don't have those facts yet. So I'm not going to do that. But what I will say. If these things are true, uh, some of the allegations that we heard, then um, something has to be done. But uh, I do agree with Evan. This is a this is a situation I think that um, we're never going to uh, get to the bottom of. Um, you don't know what's in people's heart, um, so you'll never know if somebody uh, racist or not. <laughs> and it's really poli- the policies that we have in place right now. Um, you really can't tell. You have, you know, you, I think you have the Equality Act where, you know, you have to hire a certain amount of minorities or you have to interview a certain minorities. I don't think the way we have uh, the rules set up, we're ever going to get a, a, a real a fair playing, uh, playing field just because people in people's hearts, they might have racism and you can't change that at the end of, end of the day. There's things that we can do to try to help it but I feel like it's a, it's a struggle we're going to just live with for the rest of our lives. I'm sorry to sound so doom and gloom, but I just feel like that's that's the world that we live in. We have to deal with it. I want to build upon something Kevin said real fast. I'm going to be short. Um, and I think you hit a, a really good point in the sense of you never know how someone feels or thinks about you. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, we wouldn't have known. Now, there are always allegations about Donald Sterling, right? There are these allegations out there. But Magic Johnson was shocked by what he had to say about his girlfriend, uh, Donald Sterling's mistress, um, hanging out with Magic Johnson because Magic Johnson thought they were friends. And so that's- Exactly, exactly, Evan, exactly. That's my point too. That's exactly my point. You you will never know, people will mask it and you can't just, you can't work yourself up trying to figure out who likes you, who's racist and who's not. 
it's just it's just some things that we just gonna have to deal with, man. And the policies just have to curb themselves where things we can try to make them fair as possible. But the people with money, the people in power are always gonna ma- manipulate the system. And um, so I, I'm just on the side of, like you said, I, I, I don't worry about it, but whatever the data says, whatever the numbers say, just treat me fairly at the end of the day. The things that we can see that says overt. Wow, that that yeah, yeah, really. It's I, I agree with both of the things I said. It just reminded me of a story. You don't know somebody hot. Um, I remember my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Redmond, and I'm I'm a Brooklynite, and he would just, you know, talk telling jokes. At the end of the day, social studies. He said, "Hey kids, you know what HBO stand for?" And I was like, "What? What?" Because I always wanted to know what HBO stand for. He said, "Haitian body odor." I was oh. like, "Oh." I was like, oh, okay. What? I just stood there and I, I, I didn't look like a typical quote, Haitian at that time, right? Parents are Haitian. So I just smiled and I knew that hurt really bad. So I just looked and, and, and he was all, yeah, he was a Caucasian male, older male at the time. All year and treat everybody nice, but we didn't know what was in his heart, right? We didn't know what was in his heart. And I think this is the same situation. It's, it's kind of hard to prove what's in somebody's heart. Um, I don't think this is going to be um, similar to Donald Sterling, Don Sterling, Donald Sterling situation where he blatantly stated, yeah, I was like this and, you know, indicted himself in a situation. I think it's going to be more of a Mark Cuban where you, um, where you um, basically, will, you know, he'll get slapped in the wrist and, and things will go on. But I like that it's coming out and that people be more aware of this situation. And I agree, uh, people are not going to like you in life. You know, people is not going to like you in life. And we're, we're living in a day and age where we want everyone to be included in situations where they don't deserve, uh, i.e., give everyone a trophy, you know, for participating. That doesn't help the person work harder, i.e., the managers on the team get to play four games on a team on a game um on a team where managers had to work through our practice get better and if they are at that level they they could play one game so we cannot live in a society where everything is given to us right we have to work for all we ask for is the opportunity and the and the resources and to move forward so that's my thought on it i i, I it's sad and it's 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 something that's it's, it grew of the society we live in America actually developed to keep i.e. people of color, women, and everyone down because who's on top? Most of the time, the good old boys. So the good old boys tend to hire those who look like them, who they feel understand them. So we um we have a, a, a tall hill to battle by. I believe in the second our, our generations behind. I think your generation, the younger generation and below. That change is a uproot. Hopefully, is a, a change that that really, really set that treat us equally, be fair, and understand one another. So what's crazy? Huh? Go ahead, Ev. What's crazy is when Phil told that story about his teacher, Mr. Redman. Uh, maybe you should call him Mr. Redneck, but maybe we shouldn't call him that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a time in seminary, my professor told us that he would rather be in a battle zone in Iraq than being Southside Chicago. I was like, yo, that's probably the most racist thing I've heard. So, this is so wild. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is ridiculous. And to just to provide, and the guy said, you know, they encapsulated 
everything about this topic perfectly. So I'm not going to add to that. And Alan, I'll let you jump in. Um, but I wanted to let our listeners know kind of what some of these allegations were, just so you know, you have a context of what we're discussing. Um, Sarver made inappropriate comments in all staff meetings, um, including discussing private and intimate moments with his spouse, with his wife, talking about oral sex. That definitely creates a hostile work environment and um, could definitely lead to sexual harassment claims. Then um, he asked a former coach um, who is Black and Hispanic, why Draymond Green gets to run up the court and say the N-word, essentially saying, he says it, why can't I say it too? Um, then in justifying his decision to hire Lindsey Hunter, who is um, a Black female, um, he says these N-words need an N-word, right? So basically acknowledging that the hiring, it didn't seem, or at least it didn't sound like it was based on some great merits, but she's Black. There's a whole bunch of Black people here. Why not? Um, he would ask questions to female employees, um, whether he owned them. I mean, th that's straight up slavery sounding to me. Um, multiple employees say they witness um, a lot of um, incidents and verbal barrages from male executives. Then you have a co-owner of the Suns basically co-signing this, saying that his level of racism and misogyny is like off the charts. So just to give you an idea of what these allegations sound like. Alan? To keep it short and simple, first I'll say this. There's a lot of people hiding behind that veil. Hmm. And, you'll, and you shouldn't be surprised when you pull that veil back. I'll just start oh. off by saying that. Number two, when I first read the report by ESPN, I didn't read it all because it was so much. I was like, yo, this dude has a power trip and he's a weirdo. Mm -hmm. Like straight up, because like when you think about you're you're saying, why why can't he say that and I can't? Why would you want to say it? Right. That's my first thought. Like, why would you want to say that? Like you're 60 years old, like you're you're younger than my parents at this point. So I'm like, why, why would you want to say that? Like, why? Number two, you're here talking about having like certain actions like with your wife to coworkers. Why would they care? Like, what do you want to be involved in certain things? Like, is there something that you're wanting to tell the people? Because clearly, like, I'm not understanding why would you go around the workplace saying stuff like this? Right. Like, you might be in the wrong profession if you're out here like doing this. Number three, like, and now number three is leaving me. But my whole thing is like, yo, like, like, why, what's, what's going on with you to have like this whole like list of just certain things that people are talking about? Because from what I've read, they, they talk to at least 70 employees and former employees. So like, why? what's going on in your head to just think just because I'm the owner or whatever the case may be that I should just be doing this around the workplace. Like, 
as an owner, you should be thinking about making bread. You already miss out on the playoffs for so many years and you finally get in and make it to the finals. The Mercury just went to the finals this past year and all of a sudden we have this whole Thor's hammer just drop down out of nowhere with all these allegations coming out, which is kind of wild. So I'm just like confused as to like, dude, why are you being weird? That's like, that's really like, it's like, yo, like this dude is weird and he needs help. Like get this man some counseling because there's something wrong with him mentally to just think, oh, I'm the owner. I should just be able to do this. It's almost, I don't think it's going to happen to like, like what Phil said to Donald Sterling's situation because Donald Sterling was recorded. Right now, they're just saying it's a whole bunch of he said, she said, but to have this many allegations and cases towards you, I'm sure it happened. Like, it's, it's just way too many to just say, eh, I don't think it happened. But I forgot who mentioned it. But yeah, just because there, I feel like although there's Black people hired, it still doesn't make you think that you're not racist. That's why I said there's a lot of people hiding behind the veil. It's just when you finally pull it back, it's just going to look ugly. So right. just don't be shot behind what you see, what's behind that veil. All great points. I mean, it's just disgusting. But we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully there's legitimate action and, you know, but, you know, we don't expect much in that arena. So let's transition from the very serious topic of workplace harassment and hostile work environment and talk about probably the most bitter man I have ever come across, Scotty Pippen. Now, I'm tired of him. Like, let me just say this. I think it was last year or maybe earlier this year, time flew by so fast where he had a book on guard, was it unguarded? Something like that. And to promote his book, this guy was in the media like every week making these inflammatory remarks about any and everybody, the Bulls organization, Michael Jordan, um, you know, basically saying like, hey, I was the leader of the Bulls. This was like in his old reports. Then he now circled back and he's bitter about his contract. We all knew the contract was bad. He knew the contract was bad. People told him the contract was bad. He signed it, right? Because he had a big family. There was a need there. And now he is still bitter about that contract. Now, albeit, now nah, forget that. He signed that contract and people around him advised him that the contract was horrible. I don't care how much family you had, you made a business decision and he's bitter about it. But beyond that, he cannot get over Michael. Why is this man so obsessed with Michael Jordan? Literally, I have heard Michael Jordan say nothing about him, even when he was making his comments earlier this year that was outlandish. Jordan is leaving him alone and he's still talking about when Jordan retired you know I almost took the team to the Eastern Conference Finals we won 55 games and I'm like what so he is still basically trying to put this campaign that he was the leader of the team 
He's probably, well, he's better than Michael Jordan. And he doubled down on saying that LeBron has the edge over Michael Jordan as being a better player. Guys, I'm going to give y'all free reign. What are you thinking? This dude, no, no, I got to go. Viewers, <laughs> listeners, go to episode four with Johnny um, Willis, who is um, Scotty Pippen driver. He gave us so many insight and so many insight we had to remove. But just <laughs> to say this, overall, he would conclude in that in that interview, Scotty Pippen was jealous of Michael Jordan. And the best thing that Sky Pippen did was not to play him one-on-one -on -one because he knew his, his morality, his hope of playing NBA would have been destroyed. This dude... This dude, he never takes responsibility. He knows he don't take responsibility for his action. He's like a spoiled brat. I'm this, I did that. But he don't see the re uh, actions he's taken or his attitude or what he have done. Number one, he is not better than Michael Jordan. Number two, I watched that game when Michael Jordan wasn't there. And the Knicks won that game. And then number three, when you left and went to Portland and you had your super team, you was, your team was super trash. I didn't win a championship. So, no, if we have taken Michael and put him on that Portland team during the, that heyday, they would have won. Just calm your nerve down. And two, this is all publicity. I guess he's, he's trying to promote something, his book or something. He'll do anything for publicity. Three, you notice what we're not talking about? Him is, and I would like to talk about his personal information, but... You know, his situation was, I don't know, his ex-wife, his wife. I know they still live in the same property and she's doing all these crazy things. I don't know if he's trying to take the light off of that and focus upon, you know, his promotion. Pippen, dude, stop it. It's ridiculous. You're not better than Jordan. LeBron James is not. Y'all took, what's disrespectful thing is y'all take Kobe Bryant accomplishment, put it in the background and push up LeBron. Nah, LeBron is behind Kobe. Nowhere near Michael Jordan. Stop the nonsense. This is ridiculous. Three, worry about your house and home. Nobody else is. And four, and the most disrespectful thing is he didn't even say to Michael Jordan, and he wrote this in um in the newspaper, in um article with um, I think it was Sports Illustrated, I can't recall. He never sent his condolences to Michael Jordan when his father died. Never. He didn't say sorry, nothing. And, and, and the reports is Michael didn't even remember that until now. And that doomed their relationship. Even when Michael, despite what he said, the last time they saw each other, Michael gave him a hug and appreciate him. But this dude, he's the ultimate villain. He's that dude that you don't introduce your girl to because he would try to take her away. Trust me, I know a story. I have plenty of stories about that, but I'm not going to do this. It's a children's <laughs> story. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna step back, fall back on this one for the rest of this. Let y'all have free reign. All right, but before someone else jumps in, he also said this week I couldn't miss this that he don't know why people keep talking about the Michael Jordan flu game. He was upset that in the last dance, like they spent like maybe 20 minutes um, talking about that game, and you know it's not like MJ had the game winning shot or nothing while he could barely walk, but Scotty was like. I had back issues, I had a herniated disc, and I don't see anyone talking about the fact that my back injury was major and I played. So we, we can't forget that um, 
that comparison as well that he brought up a couple of days ago. So go for it, whoever is next. Oh, so wait, you brought that up. So you talk about your back pain, but when you had a little headache, a wee wee headache, and the migraines are serious, you sat out or the ball wasn't passed to you for last night, you sat out. So we can't remember those Iron Man moments because we see more of you being a coward or, or not overcoming. So calm down, Pippin. And I'm if we never interview on this show, I'm fine with it. That's one of the things I'm I'm good with. You don't have to come on. I am good. As a matter of fact, if you do come on, I remove myself. I would just watch the end edits. You don't need to come down. I can't stand babies. It's a this guy cry for attention. Congratulations, you got it. Oh man, I'm dead. I'll, I'll welcome you on the show anytime. Uh, we're gonna show anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, let's just be honest, man. Like, like Pippin, we just nobody cares, man. Like nobody really cares as about you comparing yourself to MJ, man. Like, and it hurts, and I get it, yo. I really get it. I mean, he's bitter, and he's a hater. And, and it hurts because when you see when you see the, the glory and, and how everybody exalts Michael Jordan, it kind of it, 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 to to a person that's just just not good within themselves, that hurts their feelings bad, man. When when you see nowadays the NBA players running up down the court and you got that jump man emblem on the side of their shirt, <laughs> that hurts Pippen every single time. And and when you when you when you when you look at an article on ESPN, you see Michael Jordan next to the goat. That doesn't bother him, I think, as much as when you see two point six million billion dollar worth of Michael mm-hmm. Jordan. Yeah. So when you see all those things, it hurts. I mean, Pippen probably would be quiet if he had a spot um, on the jump man on a on a jump man team, you know, in the business and organization. If he had one of those top spots. You know, he might, he might, he might be a little bit more quiet. But when he looks at himself in his situation and he sees how much he helps Michael Jordan get to his situation, and he looks at his bank account and he sees Michael Jordan's bank account, it hurts. So, you know, I, I I'm this is just this is just a regular hater right here. You know, it's not that I'm it's not that I'm like empathetic towards him, but he got to deal with his internal issues. Man, Michael Jordan makes his life relevant, and he can't get around that. Pippen, you gotta, you gotta find another hobby, bro. Like, just don't, don't watch basketball all day. Don't, don't, don't look at your old news clippings and everything. His problem is, is an internal problem, and he has to get over within himself. Michael Jordan is quiet because there's rocks being thrown at the throne. He can't, he can't feel those rocks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's in a whole different world than Scottie Pippen is. And Scotty is not going to be able to get over it because of whatever in, internal thing that's going on within him. But I get it, man. Two point six billion worth, got its own company. He's the owner of a team, and you just trying to write a book. It hurts, man. So Scotty, man, you know I feel for you, brother. But you need the Lord. <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to fill that void, brother. So I'm gonna come to Scotty's defense. Now I'm not defending what he's saying. I don't think he's right. Tread softly, Evan. But go ahead. What? But Scotty is someone who's hurting and hurt people try to hurt people. So yes, he's doing what, and here's the thing. He's doing what a lot of people do behind closed doors. The only problem is he has the platform he has. Most of us do it on social media, but Mm -hmm. people put a mic in front of his face. 
So let me say this. Scotty is one, the youngest of 11 kids. Born in poverty. Um, let, let me say poverty. Born in financial, lacking financial means. Um, so I had a brother paralyzed at a young age. He uh, grew, he was tall. But I, I think at the end of the day, like when you grow up one of 11, someone gets neglected. His mom was 41 when she had him. Somebody's going to get neglected and get raised by his siblings. So one, he obviously had grown up with a, a desire for attention that he was not getting at home. Two, um, Scotty, I understand Scotty's, Scotty's hurt, but here's the thing. Scotty has to learn just to appreciate, he has to learn to appreciate everything that he has been given. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you were a part of a dynasty, a two-time dynasty. Mm-hmm. Scotty just likes gratitude, a two-time dynasty. You can complain about Jordan's flu game. And I will say this, in Scotty's defense, I'm sure that documentary triggered Scotty. All of us have people in our life that we don't like. And we all knew, and this was, this was all well known, right. that Scotty didn't like Jordan. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew that. But everybody has people in their life that you don't like. But imagine you, you got to get over it, you move on with your life, but then you get triggered by seeing something they say. And to be fair, Jordan was the producer of that film. Yeah. And so Jordan made sure he looked good in that film. Now, Jordan already looked good, right? But I'm saying Jordan didn't do Scotty any favors in that, in that documentary. But it's, but it's not Ralph, though. But it's not Ralph, though. In the words of Kanye, it's not Ralph, though. Listen, listen, all those things as I get, man. But he wants to be Michael Jordan at the end of the day. And, and, and I, I hear what you're saying. That's what, right. that's what he's saying. But that's not the truth. Right. That's, he, he, doesn't want he, he wants he to have hurt. the same. He's hurt uh-huh. that Jordan's light shines brighter than his. It's like Lucifer and Jesus. You know what I'm saying? What, yes. And what did Lucifer say? That I is a be perfect like the most high. I want to be like the most high. I want to exalt yep. my, my star, like uh, my throne above the stars. He, he, like, he wants to be like Mike. Look, guys, I'm not defending Scotty for what he said or what he did. I'm not saying Scotty's right. I'm just, I'm just giving context to why Scotty's doing what he's doing. No, Evan, and you make very good points about even his upbringing and kind of he developed just as a man, right? Like you can't negate that stuff. So that's legitimate. That's like a legitimate correlation, legitimate point. But when does it stop? When do you stop getting on ESPN telling basketball people, um, retirees, players that you're better than Michael Jordan? When does it stop? When you go to counseling and seek real help. <laughs> uh, uh, or else he's going to die better. He's going to be on his deathbed complaining about Michael Jordan. He's going to be mad if Jordan lives longer than him. It's like, I'm going to live longer than this guy. <laughs> if I'm in a coma, my brain is not functioning. Wait till Jordan is dead. Give me that satisfaction. <laughs> because at the end of the day, like, this guy's just, you know, because, you know, I, I, talk, I talk to, you know, Johnny up frequently or we, we talk and we talk about some of the stuff that goes on this has been brewing for years i mean mm-hmm. he was getting the issues he'd be like well why does jordan not have these issues or if he was getting jammed up by the police why does jordan not get jammed up by the police jordan can do no wrong he could beat up he could kill somebody and i can't kill nobody in the city 
So at the end of the day, you know, he's just bitter. And, and to be honest, like, if we're honest, like, there's two other players I'll compare. There are two other scenarios I, can, I would compare to this. Kyrie and, and LeBron uh, in Miami. I mean, in uh, Cleveland. Like, Cleveland. why did Kyrie win the league? Hmm. And then secondly, Ben and Joel Embiid. Ben hates Joel Embiid. He can't stand that everyone recognizes his greatness and no one sees him. Well, you know, it's like, if we could just be satisfied with where we are, and this happens across professions, not just in, not just in um, NBA happens with pastors. I'm sure it happens in your work. You, you wonder why someone gets a promotion when you did the work and they, now granted, granted, sometimes we're justified to say, well, I did this and they didn't do anything. Right. But, um, you know, I, I wish, I hope Scott gets healing. Hope he finds peace. Uh, and, you know, he needs to find a new story though. Yeah, Alan, what do you what do you think about this, man? I mean, Evan said it, and I posted it on Ryan Davis comedy because he was talking about Scottie Pippen. My whole thing is this: Jordan gave you credit that he couldn't win without you. My other problem is you need help, bro. Like, go to counseling. And <laughs> I'm glad Evan came up with that uh analogy because i had another analogy in mind until something happened this week why isn't jordan saying something it's like when jada pickett says stuff and then all of a sudden you're like wow will will hasn't said anything but will finally says something about a memoir that he has coming out this uh i don't know when it's coming out but it, he has some type of memoir that's coming out and he finally says something and i was like mm, well you should have kept quiet about this certain part about it but yeah like that's a that's exactly what it reminds me of i'm like dude like we recognize you as a, a great player. Mm-hmm. You're not exactly a tier one player, number one. Because when you think about tier one players, there are certain expectations that come with certain players. You had your opportunity, Lawson. You you suc- you succeeded more than what people expected. Got to the Eastern Conference Finals. You finished third in MVP voting. You are a great quality player but you're not the type of player that we're going to be like oh you're number one so you're supposed to be the michael jordan you're supposed to be the hakeem you're supposed to be the charles barkley the leader that gets everyone over the top you are a quality asset that helps get over the top but you are not here take me there and that's what he wanted that's what he wanted to be and it's just like, dude, like, you're you're almost 60 years old. Like, <laughs> at some point, <laughs> you got to find peace, brother. You have to find some sort of peace or this is going to eat you up alive and it's going to stress you out. And Jordan's not going to worry about it because, number one, he's an owner. Number two, he's trying to make change to the city with his uh, the, the mayor initiative that just dropped about a week ago. So he's not worrying about that. Jordan is cool. He's chilling. You open the Hornets can get right right now. So there's going to have to come to a point to where Scotty is just, I'm curious if it'll ever happen. I don't think it'll ever happen, but you know how NBA TV had those one-on-ones like with the Magic and the, and the Zeeks and the Kobe and the Shaqs. I wonder if they're going to need to do that because I think that's really the only way that Scotty may be able to get over this hurt. Now, if Jordan, if, I would be surprised that Jordan would do it like if Jordan would do it, he was like, this isn't really for me. This is more for Scotty because this brother hurt. <laughs> that would impress me. <laughs> it would really impress me. But 
he's he's just gonna be hurt until he just gets the help he need because this is an internal problem and i don't think no one else can fix it but him but he's gonna have to be willing to just come sit down with either a counselor or maybe just with mj and if they if it makes it happen i mean hey there's there's just a little glimmer of hope yeah oh one more thing that scotty said this week because i was like reading all this stuff he said when jordan came back from his second retirement um that the only swap they made was like they replaced dennis rodman they replaced um grant with dennis rodman and he said at that time grant was a better player than dennis rodman and so this highlights more that it wasn't really Jordan that came back and won, that the team itself would have um, would have essentially won anyway. So, yeah, I just want to put that out there too. Like the West Indian parents do. <laughs> you, can't, you can't even listen to Scotty no more at this point, man. Right. Find excuse like, after excuse after excuse. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, I was lost that the Grant is better than Rodman um, argument. Um, so yeah, hell, hell, Scotty. Um, let us go to our last segment and talk about the Philly and the Restless, the bold and the beautiful Philly edition. Ben Simmons, we have been talking about Ben Simmons for the last couple of months. Ben Simmons was fined again. I'm going to shoot it to one of the Philly guys. Can, can y'all tell our listeners, why was he fine this time and what's going on in Philly world? So here's the thing. So there's, I think there's a little bit of confusion about Rice fine too going around. So he's fine because um, he is, he's getting counseling, but the counseling, obviously they're not asking for pertinent details like, you know, who hurt you? They're not, ask those questions they're more so trying to find out uh you know timeline for return how are you feeling mentally and he's not responding and so uh daryl morey approached him this week and said you know where are you returning he says i'm not ready yet well but he's also not sharing any information and he's not working with the team doctors outside of his physical body care so um which is increasingly a concern that ben simmons may be using this mental health thing as a crutch as opposed to it being a reality. So he's finding a way to get paid, although he's not really have, although he doesn't have any intention to play. So he's being fined for missed games, missed practices, missed film sessions, all these things until he complies with, with team, with the team concerning um, being, complying with, with not sharing like intimate details, but giving updates on his progress. Man, at this point, I'm done with the mental health thing. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm an advocate uh, overall uh, with mental health support, but this brother's milking it. And uh, it's kind of obvious to me because we're not asking for much as far as I'm, as far as I'm understanding from Maury. The ask is just to be in the loop of what's going on with your situation. You know, any employer would want to know, um, you know, what's your status? Where are we at right now? And this guy 
is playing basketball every day, working out, um, doing the facility, going to the facility, um, but he's skipping things like, um, I think film and weightlifting and things like that. But it's obvious to me that he wants no part of the organization, but he just wants to check from the organization. If this was a situation, in my opinion, where it was a mental health and he really needed help, he could do the, the least, the least he could do is just tell the team where he's at or have them speak to, you know, a, a different doctor, a, a different psychologist. You know, that's not asking for much. His problem is right now that his stock is going to continue to go down because the Sixers are eight and two without him. And that doesn't look good for his, for his, uh, for his stock as a, as tra his trade value. So I think this is going to continue to play out, but I'm not, I'm not on the side of Ben Simmons no more. I try to be objective, even though he's on my team. I, I do think he's trying to milk the system and find loopholes to get paid. And thankfully, uh, Daryl Morley, our GM, is not letting it go down. So I'm thankful about that. I don't really care. He, yes, he don't want to be there. Maybe he do have mental health caused by the Philadelphia fans. It's kind of hard to go back to the city when you see a news, you flip, you flick into Philly news and you see a news reporter saying Ben Simmons leaving town. And you see, you know, during danger water flooding in Philadelphia, and he represents a trash can floating down, <laughs> down the street, you know, during a flood. So at this point, I understand two things could be true. He literally has mental issues going back and so much so that he doesn't want to be there and he feels for his 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 status of how he could process no how he could process the game moving forward in that city he's hurt he don't want to be there and in reality somebody has to give up i just see your organization trying to say no you're not doing this to me and and strong arming him and then and and he two strong heads or well similarly strong uh, uh personalities is not bending life left or right so for me, I just want the Philadelphia to lose um, and, and, and relinquish the first place and give it to the Knicks. Uh, ben Simmons, continue to do what you want to do because at the end of the day, you're not going to play this year. You're not going to get your money and you probably be traded for a box of cookies. Congratulations. You'll be, you know, starting over. If you anything like the, the guy said, similar to Scotty Pippen's situation, um, dude, you're not a centerpiece of any team your skill set does not allow you to do that because you're a jump shot away from doing that so hey all the best to you get your money uh buy some kangaroos whatever you want to do uh all the best to you but it's not working out but hey keep doing what you do philadelphia go let me say this i i, I actually disagree that it drives well i don't think it drives down a straight line I think, actually, I think it puts the organization in the driver's seat, the fact that they're playing so well. And the reason I don't think it drives down his trade value is, at the end of the day, he was a contributing factor um, to them being a number one seed in the East, even though he lacked the jump shot. I mean, Ben Simmons does things that you can't put on a statue. He defends uh, well. He, I mean, some stuff he did. I mean, he put, he almost played defense like a shutdown corner. He, he put Luca in a box. He put Harden in a box. Uh, Harden is his own box right now, but, you know, he did, he, he was doing some special things. Um, I think it demonstrates that, you know, I think if the Sixers play bad, I think it puts the Sixers in a bad position where they have to make a deal to find a piece. But now I think it gives them the luxury of saying, we'll wait till we find the right deal. 
the right kind of player. So I, I hear Kevin's point, but I actually think, and, and, and Kendra Perkins said the same thing. Um, I actually think it doesn't kill his trade value. It makes him look bad in the type of situation he's in. I mean, he already looked bad, but um, I think it helps the Sixers more firmly control the driver's seat because Tyrese Maxey is playing good basketball. He's, he's controlling the ball. Um, he's not having turnovers. And I talked to Kelvin about this last night. It's, the team has less turnovers this year on average than what they usually average because, you know, you see where, in my mind, you'd see, and, and Kelvin may disagree, you'd see where when you have, when you're playing four and five, it's harder to get some passes through. Secondly, um, I feel like sometimes Ben would make some careless passes. Uh, sometimes. Now, I think Ben uh, Embiid is more careless with the basketball with turnovers, but I think I think this firmly plants the Sixers in the driver's seat for the trade market to get what they want. But if I were the Sixers, I would I would I would give up on the Dame thing. That's not that's not going to happen. Wait till December fifteenth. I would um, try to secure a guard that can create his own his or his, I was about to say his or her. What am I talking about? His own shot. Um, and and try to secure assets uh, as well with that. But right now the Sixers are deep and they're dangerous. But it's still a long season to go. Uh, but uh, I like I, I like the fact that we have a GM that's not going to be bossed around because I feel like that Markel Fultz situation we got we got we got raked over the coals on and we should have held our ground to got what we wanted. But they just let him go for a guy's not even in the league anymore and a draft pick. So would that mean Maxi will get less playing time? Oh my goodness! Anyways, get go. my boys. Go. Yeah, get, go ahead, Alan. Oh I was boy, say, I was go gonna ahead, say, Alan. go ahead and get my boy Seth Curry paid. But um, but yeah, um, this whole Ben Simmons situation, Gilbert Arenas called it before he went back to the Sixers. He said he should go back. You already know he don't want to be there. He said, "Say my foot hurts, my back hurts, my neck hurts." Look, look look where we at so i'm not surprised it's it's happening i mean dude don't want to be there if he don't want to be there hey as as almost everyone said it just wait till you get the piece that you want i mean it's going to be it's going to be a mexican standoff for as long as they want like and when you really think about it i was like there's a reason why to me, there's a reason why the Sixers aren't on a Christmas Day game. Because I feel like he's probably gonna be traded right around that time. So I was like, they don't they don't want it to look bad or anything like that. I was like, Excuse that's me, more, Alan, they're not um, playing Christmas Day. They're not. I mean, oh, wow. no, <laughs> that was so petty. <laughs> he is. But in a situation like that, I was like, I don't think they want to give light to that. So, but yeah, I mean. Hey, it's 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 his pocket. So the money's gonna be up in escrow, and we're gonna see what happens. You'll get traded one of these days, but when and for who is really the question. Well, I'm confused. Aren't the best team the most exciting teams? Teams people want to see play Christmas Day. No. Nets. Oh, okay. Nets. Nets. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. All right. I, the Nets are playing, and the Knicks are playing. I don't know. Anyway, I apologize for intruding. Go ahead, Keon. Oh, my the Knicks saw Christmas Day when they were bad, so that's a definite no. 
Well, I don't have anything else to add to this Ben Simmons saga. I mean, oh gosh. Like, I just want it to be over. I want something to happen. Like, get him out of here. Just, I'm ready for this to be over at this point. And that's all I will say on that. On some sadder NBA news, Kevin Durant shot 44% in his last game. And I am disgusted by this. So pray for me, y'all. It's, 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 it's been a little rough. It's been a little rough. Um, but until next time. Time the kangaroo down, sport. Time the kangaroo down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.